In the name of God, the salt in our spirit and the light in our hearts. Amen. Good morning, church. Welcome to the 171st annual meeting of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Brookline. This is my 11th annual address as your rector, and as is my practice each and every year, I want to start my address to you reminding you how much I love you and how much I love being your rector. Let me state once again that it is a deep privilege to walk your journeys of faith with you, and I am constantly humbled by your faithfulness and by your trust. I do not want to subject you to a reading of the annual report. I hope you read the digital version that was emailed out to you this week. And if you didn't get a chance to, I sincerely ask you to do so after today. You will be amazed, even those of you who have been here for quite some time, you will be amazed at the breadth and the depth of ministry happening in and from this place. I do, however, want to use my address and take this opportunity to make sure you know who your ministry leaders are. These are the people with whom you should talk if you are curious about what God might be needing you to do next in this place. And they are not the people sitting on this dais. If my math is correct, though I'm sure my count incomplete, we are blessed with over 26 ministries at St. Paul's led by over 30 members of your community. So as I read your name, please stand and wave to the crowd. I ask us to hold our thunderous applause till the end. Personnel Committee, Weta Foster. Alter Guild, Charlene Wing and John Ferguson. Chalice Bearers, Marianne Kirchen. Flower Guild, Maureen Carter. Healing, you can sit down after that. Some of you are gonna need to get back up again, but. Healing Prayer, Steve Morrissey. Lectors, Mike Scheffler. Ushers, Sam Scott. Eucharistic Visitors, Marianne Kirchen. Please remain standing. Pastoral Care Team, Marianne Kirchen and Kate Kelly. Stewardship, Steve Morrissey and Leah Rugen. Yard sale, Steve Estes Margiasi. How many days until the yard sale? It's in the annual report, 33 Be an angel, Paul Daniel. Be safe and be ready, Piper Trollstad and Kate Kelly. Ministry outside the parish, Matsai Motomele and Tim Hintz. Mission Sundays, Melissa Ndula. Prison Ministry, Leanne Sarlo. Gardens, Julie Starr. 
Archives, Pat Dunbar. Education for Ministry, Leah Rugen and Linda Sanchez. Scripture Group, Leah Rugen. Church School Teachers, Julie Starr, Janet Rankin, Andrea Brew, Jason Fairchild, Chris Dula, Maria O'Meara. Hospitality, Alan Freed. He's probably busy right now. Oh, no, he's here. <laughs> Knitting Group, Maureen Carter. Greeters and Newcomers, Melissa Dula, Leah Rugen, and Ayanna McPhail. Yoga, Martha Curtis. Centering Prayer, Anne Kalajian. Please extend a thank you to our ministry leaders. And then there is our vestry, led this past year by your wardens, Julie House and Brett Foster. If you were on vestry this past year, please stand and accept our gratitude. And okay, finally, the staff. This group of people we ask to work miracles on our behalf each and every day. Our nursery staff, our section leaders, our finance administrator, Christine, our sexton, James, our parish administrator, Jill, our director of music and organist, Andy, and the best clergy team a rector could possibly ask for our Deacon Pat, our Curate Isaac, and our Priest Associate Megan, and our Associate Rector Elise. Let's hear it for our staff. So many people to thank, and I know I've left some out, and so many more of you who showed up and made 2019 at St. Paul's yet another year to remember. 2019 was yet another year in which God stretched us, stretched me, in new and unexpected ways. It will come as no surprise to many of you that the budget certainly grabbed our attention. Three years ago, we made the brave decision to use a chunk of our endowment to match funds raised from the community, from the congregation, for the renovation of the lower level parish offices and backyard. We think this just might be the year that the work is completed. <laughs> Jim nods. This decision was made carefully and with the understanding that the increased income from a new lower level tenant would exceed the draw we would have taken on that amount. And then, our grand and beautiful tower, jealous of the attention our lower level was getting, <laughs> required urgent repair to the tune of $700,000. Rather than shrinking before that challenge, we decided to meet it, and met it we have. Over the past three years, our deficit at the end of the year has ranged from 48,000 in 2017 to 72,000 in 2018 and 33,000 
in 2019. This year, we are projecting to cut that by two-thirds with a projected budget gap of about $10,000. I am so very proud of the work of the Budget Committee and all the work they have done to get us here under Brett Foster's rigorous leadership. It has not been easy, and tough conversations needed to be had. But I want you to know that I stand before you this morning feeling like I can look each and every one of you in the eye and promise you that every dollar you have entrusted to our care for the work of God in this place is being stretched to its outer limits and not a penny of it is being wasted. Transparency and trust has always been at the very core of our financial leadership. If you want to know more about how finances here are being managed or what the budget looks like, please speak to Brett. He'd be more than happy to talk with you. I mean, more than happy to talk to you. The even better news, I think, in all of this is that we have the power and the opportunity to erase that projected 10,000 budget gap before we've even closed the books on February. If you haven't yet submitted a pledge card, I ask you to seriously consider doing so. More than a financial commitment to the work of the parish, it is one way of saying, I'm in. I'm in to the values we hold and the ministries we share. No pledge amount is too small or not needed. And if you have submitted a pledge form, I ask you to have a real conversation and spend time in real prayer about whether there might be room to stretch your pledge even further. Now, why would I ask you to do such a thing? Why? Because I think we are making a difference. I believe we are making a difference, and I have proof. And because I believe there has never been a better time to be the church or to be St. Paul's Brookline. There is a scripture passage that has been on my mind and in my hearts these past few months, and it keeps popping up. I keep hearing it, which is usually God's not-so-subtle way of getting my attention. It comes from the book of Esther. It's a great story. And it tells the story behind the Jewish festival of Purim. But, and I need to keep it brief, basically, Esther is the queen and secretly Jewish. Her uncle Mordecai discovers a plan made by the king's right-hand man to kill anyone who is Jewish. And Mordecai begs Esther to intercede on her people's behalf. But Esther is terrified. She's not supposed to take audience with the king unless she is summoned. It is an offense punishable by death. And she is afraid to tell the king her secret, that she is Jewish. Her uncle Mordecai pleads with her and asks her this question. Who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for a time such as this? 
think that's a great question for the church. Maybe it is exactly a time such as this that the church was made and is needed most. And it's a great question, I think, for St. Paul's. I have every reason to believe it is exactly for a time like this in which we live that St. Paul's was meant to exist. And it's a great question for each one of you to consider. Maybe this is exactly the time in our community life for which you are needed the most. Maybe now is the time for which God brought you here. This is the time. As Jesus reminds us in this morning's gospel, we have a calling to be salt and light in a world losing both its flavor and its vision. St. Paul's continues to be salt and light. As racism and oppression continue to stain our national life, our anti-racism group is choosing to go deeper in unpacking racism, at looking at white supremacy through their participation in the sacred ground curriculum. Salt. This fall, Elise, Pat, Jocelyn Collin, and Leanne Sarlow brought the sacrament of the body of Christ to women at the South Bay Correctional Facility. It was the first time most of these women had seen a woman preside at the altar. Light. As anti-Semitic and anti-Muslim rhetoric and violence feels increasingly common, we invited our Muslim neighbors to come and share their stories with us. Light. We participated with Pat's guidance in the first ever Brookline Interfaith Service in celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at Temple Sinai. Salt. These are not small things, my friends. As individual acts, they might not change the world, but they sure do go a long way to make sure the world does not change us. Our longing to be in closer relationship with God continues to grow. Just this past year, we started three new ministries meant to feed our spirits, to keep us salty and burning bright. We experimented during Lent with Eat, Pray, Work, offering a daytime monastic-like co-working space. Our first Education for Ministry class began in the fall with 11 participants and two co-mentors. Anne Collagio and Isaac began our new Wednesday morning contemplative prayer group, a ministry born of curiosity. 2019 was a year that St. Paul's continued to live into Frederick Buechner's concept of vocation, or calling. He writes, quote, your vocation in life is where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. How incredibly blessed are we that our greatest joys as a community is exactly what the world needs 
from us right now. When we committed to repairing the tower, one of the most convincing arguments I heard was from a longtime parishioner who reminded me and reminded all of us that this place, these buildings, the ministries, the very spirit in this place, we, we are the stewards of all of it. Those who have come before us, those whose names are surrounding us etched in granite, they have passed it on to us for a time. And we will one day pass it on to those who will come after us. It is, however, our job right now to care for all of it and to care for all it represents with all the love and the courage that work demands. But we are not meant to leave it just as we found it. God needs us to leave this place better than we found it, healthier than we found it, more robust than it was when it was given to us. We are meant as a community to leave it saltier and more filled with light than it ever has been before. God needs us to push this place and the people in it to be no less than a glimpse of the kingdom of God that God dreams for us to be. And that is what this next year is for. Each year, uh, a new gift, a new opportunity for us to ask, for us to wonder as a community and individuals where God needs us next, where God needs you next. This will be a year in our country that tears at the very fabric of community. This will be a year that demands we remember who we are and whose we are and who God needs us to be. We will not, all of us in this room right now, vote for the same candidate. We will not even all vote for the same party. We can, however, we can show the world, we can show each other that we can love one another as fiercely as we can disagree with one another. We can show the world in ways big and small what it means to be a people who can most easily be described for the love we have for one another and for the ways we love and care for the least, the lost, and the lonely. St. Paul's, we can be salt in a world losing its flavor, and we can be light in a world losing its vision. Dear people of St. Paul's, may 2020 be exactly the time for which we were made.